while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. That's Marcus Farrow. Um, we just had Jesse Brown in, uh, who's one of the Republican candidates to run for Congress. Remember, you've got a primary coming up a week ago yesterday, right? You, you can vote today to tomorrow. Early voting has started. Um, if you're an unenrolled voter and you want to pull a Republican ballot, you can. Um, if you're a Republican, that's the only ballot you can pull. Uh, this is the Cape and Islands uh, district, right? It's the whole coastline. It's Bill Keating's district right now. So these gentlemen, we, we have Nurse Dan here now, Sullivan, Dan Sullivan, um, who's in the studio with us as well. Jesse just left. There was no, no tangling in the hallway. Um, they're both, both very nice guys. And so I was just talking with um, Nurse Dan off the air. Um, and uh, but, but, Dan, before we get started, if you'd like to introduce yourself to the please. audience and tell us why you're running for Congress. Sure. First of all, uh, thanks, Marcus and Chris. Uh, I appreciate the invitation. Uh, I'm running for office, generally speaking, because I'm dissatisfied with the state of affairs in this country from uh, our economy to uh, our public schools, to our judicial system, um, to our climate change um, initiatives, to our foreign policy, um, and ultimately um, the threat to our individual rights, liberties, and freedoms in the Bill of Rights. Uh, there are those in in Congress that believe that the Bill of Rights is a la carte. It's not. It's a package deal. Right. That's why we call them the Bill of Rights. You can't pick and choose. It's either one or all. You just can't pick and choose. So so that is generally why I'm, I'm running. Um, it was sort of like three specific impetuses why I decided to run. The first was back in 2020, like uh, millions of Americans, I had questions about the integrity of the 2020 election. And uh, I took my own initiative and I did some FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act requests. And I was specifically asking for the voter rolls for all the long-term care facilities in the 9th Congressional District. Um, just so people know, the 9th Congressional District is the south shore of Boston. It's all of the Cape and the Islands, and it's the south coast from Wareham to Westport. Uh, there's been some recent gerrymandering by the folks up on Beacon Hill, so Bridgewater, Raynham, and Situate and Cohasset are now part of the district, and Fall River is no longer part of the district. But I did a Freedom of Information request, and uh, I wanted the voter rolls for all the long-term care facilities. And the reason I did is because uh, all long-term care facilities are accredited by the state. And one of the nice things the state provides is it lists the number of beds each facility is accredited for. So it's really easy to look at the number of votes per facility and the number of beds available. And the response I got from the town clerks was no response at all. 
And that that was a response. I think it was the first thing. The second thing is is I have real questions about um, you know the rule of law being applied without fear or favor, uh, due process of law, and equal protection of the law. I think uh, I'm very concerned about the politicization of both the FBI and the Department of Justice. And the third big reason why I decided to run too is I work as a nurse. I'm a bedside nurse, and um, both uh, the COVID response and the COVID vax, uh, what we, the public, have been told through the media by our career politicians and our bureaucrats and what's actually happened to bedside is a tale of two different stories. So I think uh, accumulation of a lot of things prompted me to get off the bench, get on the ballot, and really advocate for the working class, the middle class, and our senior citizens. So we're speaking with, uh, with with Dan Sullivan, who's running for Congress. So, Nurse Dan, let me ask you a question. Do you think COVID was real or was it a hoax? Oh, no. COVID is very, very real. Okay. okay? Uh, it is not a hoax. Um, one of the big questions that is not being asked, and I find it incredibly curious, is getting into the genesis of the virus itself. All of the public discussion is about how to prevent infection in the next pandemic well to me the the big answer is how do you pre- prevent the next pandemic find out how the covid pandemic began and nobody's asking that question and i i i, I want to know i want to ask the question but i also more importantly i want to know the answer to the question and i don't think we've gotten straight answers from the cdc the fda or for that matter folks like uh you know bill gates who predicted a pandemic like COVID, he seemed to be very clairvoyant, um, but nobody's asking the question. I will ask the question. So I have a question. Um, I'm not sure. I had to step out just to handle some stuff. I'm not sure if uh, if, oh, if, love it. if you. <laughs> uh, but what's the what's the difference between you and your primary opponent? Um, yeah, that's a that's a fair question. So um, I I believe, and I found this. First of all, I am not a politician. I've never run for public office, let alone hold public office. I'm doing this more as a calling than as an ambition. And and this is where I'm going to go with it. I found that there are two types of candidates out there. There are folks that want to be someone, and there are folks that want to do something. And, and I think you can differentiate the two quite easily. The person that wants to be someone is somebody that likes to take photo ops, somebody that likes to go out and get endorsements from local you know, celebrities and, and, you know, visible people in the community. The person that wants to do something talks about the issues and talks about the issues in real specific terms. So if your audience went to, you know, Nurse Dan uh, for Congress.org, they're going to find out that I speak very specifically about a full range of issues from, you know, addiction and prescription drug abuse to climate change to affordable housing to the economy to government reform right down the full gamut from A to Z. But so, what you're saying no, is you're... No, you're no, go ahead, go what go you're ahead, saying ahead. is, it's a, this is a serious thing. So what you're saying is your opponent just wants to uh, take photo ops. That's why he's running for Congress. No, I didn't say that. I think he wants to be someone. And that's okay. You know, you know, people want to be something in life. Okay? I don't want to be a politician. I'm running because I want to do something. I'm running because I think that the current ruling party has left the working and the middle class and the senior citizens behind in favor of the 1% club. 
So, Marcus, I, I don't think you got to hear this because you had to step out of the room for a second. So, Nurse Dan was telling me um, he's very interested in election integrity. I've run a lot of elections um, in, in local. I've done a lot. So, I know a little bit about him. And um, you mentioned that you asked the town clerks for the returns from the individual assisted care facilities because you wanted to match that with the votes. Correct. They didn't respond to you. Um. Some responded um, by saying that, um, well, they asked, responded by saying, why are you asking? Others said, uh, you can come in, yes, but come in during very restricted hours. Remember, this is during COVID. Oh, oh, so okay. most right. of the town halls had restricted hours. So the, the hours that they, they uh, uh, allowed me were really unfeasible. I work as a nurse. I work overnights. Right. So I, I'm supposed to be at work right now. My shift starts at 7 p.m., and I get off work at 7.30 a.m. Where did you tell them you were? Hmm? What did you tell them you were? Uh, I, 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 no, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in full disclosure okay. with, with my management, and fortunately I work with a great uh, team of, right. of professionals, and I have somebody that's covering me. So you can, you can see, you have Voter Vault, right, I assume, the software from the Republican Party? I do. So you can see by address how many votes were cast. Right, but what I, did didn't, you discover? I, didn't, I didn't have that information at the time. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Because, I mean, it's, I'm very curious what you discovered. Um, so you ask them for the information, because every time you vote, as you know, it's public record. So did you, did you follow up on it with the voter vault software you have now and see any discrepancies? I didn't, because that was 2020. This is 2022. We have a new president and we've got big issues on the plate right now. I'm looking forward. I'm not looking in the rearview mirror at this moment. Okay. So, um, but, but I think calling attention to the fact that there may have been uh, ballot harvesting at a long-term care facilities, which includes nursing homes. What, what basis do you have for that's that? A, that's what I'm saying. Because that's the, the question basis, I'm trying to sure, ask, the right. basis for that. Yeah, the basis of it is this. you have the information now. You, you just told me. Right. But you haven't even looked. The basis of it is this. If you ask somebody for the information, they don't want to give it to you. Why would they not give it there, to you? There's someone waiting a very long time on the line. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hi. My name is Johnny Wendell. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Hi. Just a quick uh, tech note. If you, I, I usually use the app, and uh, if you call from the app, uh, you go to the Howie Car Show. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Oh, oh. thanks, Sean. No, I didn't know that. Thank I you. didn't know that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. We'll we'll have that um, ameliorated. But uh, if you want to call in, you can at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If you have a question for us or, so, or uh, Dan Sullivan. By the way, the reason I'm asking about it, Dan, is because you opened with it, right? Right. So. So it seems to me to be a big deal to you. And obviously, if you're casting aspersions on the elections, I want to know about it. And I, I have a, a lot of history with election statistics, things like that. So I'm very familiar with the information you're talking about. And what I'm saying is that you just cast the aspersions on the elections and ask for information. But you have the information now. But what have you determined based on the information that you have? So at the time in 2020 right. i was not even contemplating running for office right. okay um i made a direct foia request nobody responded in writing even though it is their legal duty to respond in writing right so i find that a non response is the response okay right so i'm not casting aspersions on the 2020 election what I am doing, like millions of Americans, I have 
doubt. That's a big but, difference. But you have the information, Dan. I'm asking right. if you looked at it because well, you say you, you are making an accusation. That's what Kard- slightly, Kardashian said yeah. about OJ. <laughs> what, what? That's what Kardashian said about OJ. So, literally, I have doubts. So you, and she was right. <laughs> well, that may be true, right? But, <laughs> but so if you um, if you have the information now, and the only you have to look in the in the rearview mirror to see past election results. Obviously, you can't see future election results. You can make predictions, but you have the information now, literally at your fingertips. I know mm-hmm. you do, um, based on the fact that you have Voter Vault, and I've used the software, so you have the information. It's public record. You have it. But you started your pitch here to be going Congress based on that. But what I'm saying to you is even though you have the information, now you haven't done a very simple investigation. You could do it at home on a home computer. Well, it, it, But you what, opened with it. That's why I'm well, asking. Well, I actually opened with why I'm running. And, I, and I that said, was because of the elections. No, actually, I said it's because. It's good of to my, argue with me about it. Let's go. I, I actually said we can hit the we can hit the replay button. Uh, you can't, but I can. Right, <laughs> I know. You guys are behind the panel, not me. But anyways, I opened it by saying I'm not happy with the state of affairs in this country. Right, that's right. what I opened with, and then I segued into it. It was three specific things that were impetus. One of which was I had doubts about the 2020 election. I also spoke about the. Uh, uh, lack of rule of law without fear of favor and due process and equal protection of the law. And then I also pointed out the fact that uh, with our COVID response and the COVID vax, right. as, a, as a bedside registered nurse, what I've seen at the bedside versus what's been broadcast with the media. So the, the election results of 2020 is not the sole reason why I'm running. I'm running because of the state of our economy, the state of the general affairs of this country right now. The direction of this country, I am not happy with. The policies and the priorities of this Congress, I'm not happy with. Right. That's why I'm running. So, so, you, you're, so you're getting... I can appreciate your expertise in the COVID piece. It's very personal to me. I can tell it's personal to you. Just the only thing is that what, I, what, I, what I'm trying to get at is that out of all the things you mentioned, the one thing you literally can do something you could you could give you could do an investigation from your home computer. You have all the information now in the 2020 election. Well, hey, so I'm wondering why you didn't do it. Well, sure, I'll, I'll answer your question yeah. very frankly. So, um, and, and I was we're con- going to get to your calls too. There's there's right. some calls that people right. want to talk to. So, I was contemplating running around the first of the year, and unfortunately. Uh, a patient at work gave me COVID. So I was in the hospital Terrible. for two weeks. Terrible. I was on medical leave for two months. So the time that I pulled my papers was okay. the end of March. And then I had to collect 2,000 certified signatures right. by June 10th. I'm an army of one, Chris. <laughs> it's me. Okay. I do have a couple of uh, uh, Santa helpers. They're right. very good, but it's really me. So I was out in the field for seven weeks straight to collect, and I collected 4,500 signatures by myself. I had no surrogates. I had no minions. Awesome. I had no no hired help. It was me. Of those 4,500 signatures, of those 4,500 signatures, 86% were certified. So that tells awesome. me Super. I was asking the right questions to the right people. Right. That was June 10th. And then it took the state a couple of days to actually certify everything, get me on the ballot. And so now we're talking about we're talking about the middle of June, right? And now we're at the end of August. Okay, so my priority at that point was not to look back at 2020. Makes sense. Makes sense. My priority is why I'm here tonight. 
to let people know that Nurse Dan, and by the way, Nurse is not my first name. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of literal people out there. Uh, it, it's my job. It's not, it's not my name. Right. Um, so I've been spending all that time going out, um, meeting people in the street. Um, there's a lot of grassroots organizations out there right. that are very, very concerned citizens. And then also uh, uh, receiving FaceTime with community access and also uh, radio personalities like yourself. And just letting people know that this is who I am, right. that I'm a serious candidate. They can go to my website. They can see what I'm about, good, bad, or indifferent. They can see what I'm about. And then at the end of the day, and I think it's the right of the voters to know exactly where the candidates stand. I agree. I yeah. think there's too many candidates out there that are really uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. They say one thing, and then when they get in office, they do something Dan, entirely I'm gonna hold, different. I'm going to hold you on that answer because we got some calls. Sure. Good evening. Thanks for holding. I actually have a uh, question for the candidate. Sure. And, uh, so, um, sir, I'm glad to see you running for office. Uh, when I first came on radio, I was listening to you. You said that you went to the border with uh, Sheriff. No, that, that was, was the, the last guy. guy. That was the last guy. Jesse Brown. Oh, that was the last guy. All right. Yeah. Okay. I, I, all right. Uh, the okay. only border I've gone to is the border cafe. Well, I... I appreciate your service to this country. And, uh, Again, that was the last that's guy. That's the last guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Johnny, I'm going to hold you there. 508-996-0500 if you want to get on with Nurse Dan Sullivan. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Hi, thanks. Um, I really appreciate you guys doing this tonight because I'm learning a lot about this individual. Um, Good. Dan, a, a question for you. Um, you're making some statements that... You know, the, the host is pushing you on it, but I can say it may be a little differently. It doesn't make sense at all that you're making requests from town clerks and then not giving you that information because that is the simple. I've gotten them myself. It's the simplest thing in the world. They give you a CD. They give you every single voter's name and address and birth date and everything else. So if you're making an accusation that there was ballot stuffing, that... There's information out there that you have available that you could get that you've apparently not gotten, that you have nothing to back it up. What are you going to do when you're in Congress and you're making a similar kind of accusation and you need to back up your information? How are you going to prove to the other people in Congress to get their votes along with you to get things passed when you can't do something as simple as this? Sure. So I think we just conflated two issues. Great so, question. Thanks for the call. So we've conflated two issues. Uh, the first is the voter rolls. Um, Every every town clerk that I've requested voter rolls, and I did that uh, for um, uh, mail-in purposes, uh, I did receive that information. Okay. What I asked for was not voter rolls for the whole town. I wasn't asking for something in batch, like give me all your registered voters, all your active voters, all your registered Republicans, all your unenrolled voters. That's not what I asked for. What I asked for was specific addresses. I would like the voter rolls for one main street in Fairhaven. Right, because that's, that's in, in theory, a nursing home, right? Right. right. That's what I asked for. So the response I got was, why are you asking for that specific address? Now, maybe it's because they were never asked that question Probably. before. right, yeah. Okay? So the other thing I'll say is this, is that the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence because i didn't get the information doesn't mean that it doesn't exist it only means i didn't get the information right okay now well, we know I, the evidence exists if i, I was if i was in congress okay 
uh, we would have subpoena power. So then if I made the request and they didn't honor the request, then I could use congressional authority, subpoena power, so, and subpoena the information. Would you be subpoenaing town clerks um, uh, for their information? Would you be subpoenaing them for, for Congress or just the inf- – would you be subpoenaing town clerks to Congress uh, to get this information? So town clerks – they certify their town election results. Correct. So yes. in many ways, they're like certified public accountants. So if you if you had your tax return prepared by a CPA, who does who does the the IRS deal with? The CPA. I mean, they'll notify you as the taxpayer, but they're dealing with the CPA because they're the ones who that signed it. Who right. signed it? It's the same thing. So so they a, a town clerk attests that the election results are true and accurate to the best of their knowledge. They're attesting to it, okay? So so they're the ones that have propriety over the election results, okay? And then after each individual municipality clerk attests to the election results, they then forward it to the uh, Secretary of State, who then certifies the whole election. Do you have a question? So... My, my, again, going back to this, because I find this conversation fascinating, but I know, because you just told me, you have Voter Vault, which it gives, you can retrieve that own information yourself right. at your home computer. It's like a push of a button, man. Yeah. Like, if you have a theory on this, and you clearly do, and I don't think it's an irrational theory, I mean, I think there could be this issue. I don't think we have it as much of a problem. I don't think it's as much of a problem but, but, in Massachusetts, but, but you could actually have determined all this on your own already and come in here with an indictment, of, you know, so to speak, and say there were, there were more ballots than residents cast at one Main Street for Haven or if one Main Street, New Bedford, whatever. Um, but you didn't do the you didn't do it. But he, and here's my. But here's, you have the information. Here's my other question. That's is, what's frustrating. Here's about. my other que- uh, my other question. You know, we we have a we have a town clerk here. She's uh, in Fairhaven. She's a very nice woman. She works really hard to make sure that the elections mm-hmm. happen. They happen smoothly and safely. Um, are you saying that these town clerks are complicit in? Are you suggesting that these town clerks might be complicit in a widespread ballot harvesting scam? No, absolutely not. Okay, um, what. It, I am running for the 2022 9th Congressional District. I'm not running in the 2020 election, okay? Right. I'm, I'm saying straight out, like millions of Americans, I have questions about the 2020 election. And that's why I did the FOIA request that I did, right. okay? The fact is I made the request once and only once. I should have gotten the response in writing. I didn't. Okay, and you want to know something in life, in life, when we ask somebody to respond and they don't respond, that is the response. Okay, correct. Now you can infer whatever that response means. I don't know. Sounds like you have. I have exactly. It's no different. You know, if you're in, uh, say, a dating relationship and you ask somebody out on a date. And they never respond. Guess what? That is the response. Right. Okay. But what I'm saying to you is that is that now that you have the material, hmm? and this is a really important subject, right? Because you're running for 22. But if something happened two years ago, and you have the ability to prove it, wouldn't you do that to therefore prevent it from happening again? Sounds or at least to allow people to know that your theory was correct. 
Well, here, here, and you can do it with a stroke of a key. Well, I think we could actually do it even easier than that, and that's why I support voter but why ID. Why didn't you? Why didn't I? Time, time. I'm telling you, dude. I I I have used the software. Right. You would have that answer in literally okay. a minute. Okay, we gotta we we've so we've we've only got a, a few more minutes left with Nurse Dan. So I want to ask a couple other questions. You've been critical of the Mar-a-Lago uh, situation. I've seen it on your Facebook. What's your um? What's your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts on that is 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 a larger question. What is what is the agenda? I mean, if there's a crime that's been committed, then it needs to be fully prosecuted. Okay, um, so the most recent filing by the Department of Justice was first we heard stories that you know there was nuclear secrets. Then we heard stories that there were uh, nuclear codes. Then we heard stories that uh, there was you know military military plans. So there was all this information being leaked. Then the documents were seized, and I don't know whether or not the warrant or the, or the affidavit pursuant to the warrant was legal or not, okay? And then now uh, the most recent court filing is that uh, they're proposing obstruction of justice based on the fact that the documents they were looking for they didn't find, okay? So I always I, – I question when the goalposts move, Okay, when you're constantly moving the goalposts, that to me doesn't smell like rule of law. That to me doesn't smell like due process of law. That to me doesn't smell like equal protection under law. And I'm going to segue back to something that's really important. You guys remember Annie Dukin, okay, the state police chemist. Oh, yeah. She handled Dukin cases. Right. She cooked 30,000 drug prosecutions. 30,000, right? Bill Keaton was district attorney while she was cooking those 30,000. Do you think he knew about it? Well, I think he should have known about it. I don't know if he did or he didn't, but you should. Because remember, what's the job of a prosecutor? It's not to prosecute. It's to see justice on behalf of the Commonwealth. That's the duty of a prosecutor. That's That's their ethical oath. So, so I, I don't know anything about those thirty thousand people. It that, doesn't seem like a single DA in the Commonwealth knew about it, and I find that disturbing. You well, do you know 30, they, don't mix, they don't go into the, to the crime lab and work with the technicians? They just get the results, right? But here's the thing: let's use common sense because I'm a common sense conservative. If you submit thirty thousand drug specimens for testing and they all come back positive for drugs, right? All of it. Does that? Does that? Does that measure up to the law of averages? Come on. You know that there's a lot of dealers out there that are dealing something other than actual controlled substances. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So you have 30,000 and they're all positive and you don't ask the question, geez, that defies the law of averages. Okay. So whether, whether Mr. Keenan knew or whether any of the other district attorneys knew or not, the question is, they should have had common sense. They should have said, wait a minute. It can't be that 100% of the drug tests are positive. And where I'm going to circle back is every one of those 30,000 people, I know nothing about any of them, but every one of them, guess what? They were denied due process of law. Right. They were denied equal protection under the law. You're talking and Marcus's so, language now. And yeah. I know Marcus right. is a lawyer. Right. He's yes. an attorney. Yeah. And guess what? If you don't have due process of law and you don't have equal protection under the law – 
you have no rights. You seem very reform. I'm I'm saying this earnestly. You seem very reform minded for a uh, with with respect to criminal justice issues for a uh, conservative. Um, do you think that the justice system isn't working, and why isn't it working? I think the justice system, generally speaking, is working. Is it? Is I think it's the best system in the world. Uh, that being said, that being well, that being said, it's not perfect. He thinks Cuba works, though. <laughs> but that being said, I think it, it, it needs improvements. I mean, sure. uh, I th- I think that um, um, uh, you know one of the things that uh, I really um, find troublesome is that in a lot of cases, a lot of prosecutions where. You know, maybe not all the, all the evidence is presented to the defense. And so... So, we're speaking with Nurse Dan Sullivan. Uh, Dan, give me your website again if people are interested in what yeah, to learn more about it. We, we, sure. Uh, it's nurse, uh, it's nursedanforcongress.org. Okay. Uh, what, where can people... Uh, how can people reach out to you if they want to learn more about your campaign or they support you? They can go you? to nursedanforcongress.org. Uh, I have all my contact information. I leave uh, nothing for the imagination. Uh, I don't leave any guesswork. People can see what I'm about, good, bad, or different. All right, Dan, thanks for Excellent. joining us. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank, yeah, we'd like, we'd like to have you on again in the future. Thank you. Thank you. 1420 WB. Welcome back to the Twilight Zone. Um, I'm Chris McCarthy. That's Marcus Farrow over there. Remember, we'll have Scott Lang coming in. I think. I don't know. He might have turned around at the bridge. <laughs> Um, we had a good off-air podcast. It was fun. It was a fun off-air podcast. You consider domestic violence good? <laughs> I screamed at Mark. <laughs> I'll get you back. You son of a so anyway, anyway, the um, now it's interesting. Look, it takes all. It takes all all different type of people. And I don't think. Look, look. I don't. If you've been a regular listener here, and most of you have, I have made the case over and over again that the, that voter fraud is real. It really is. But I like some evidence, you know, and. Um, as a true practitioner of politics, as someone who has spent more time than I care to explain to St. Peter looking at voters' lists and voter results precinct by precinct, I have spent hours, right? I go back to the days, Marcus, when it wasn't computerized, when yeah. when you did it by hand. I did it by hand. Me and Dennis Farias making purged voters' lists for campaigns. Um your, your city clerk. To be a fly so, on the wall. So I know, right, I know how all this works. So I I just cannot accept a Cliff Notes version of it. So yeah, no, that was that was clear. That's why if you're at home and you're <laughs> wondering clear. why I was so, because it's very specific. Yeah. And when you, when, so um, I'm not, you know, I'm not even arguing with his theory because he seems very convinced that's not what I do. I know the evidence is available. So to come on the radio here and say that there are problems with elections, which in my opinion depresses turnout, okay? One of my problems with my friend Donald Trump is that he cost the Republicans some Georgia Senate seats because he told them their votes don't count, right? So why go vote if your votes don't count? And what I want to tell you folks is your votes do count. You you have paper ballots. Your votes count. Go vote on Tuesday. If you're a Republican, they don't count. <laughs> Don't show up. He might know, but if he, Marcus is smart enough that if that was true, he wouldn't tell us. Yeah, right. Um, so we're we're, we're uh, we we've got um. That welcome, was... welcome to Peyote Radio. <laughs> Without the Peyote, we don't even get that. We actually have to take a break. 
1420 WB. We're taking your calls. So remember, we have Mayor Scott Lang coming in. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. 508 Good evening. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello, guys. Hey, what's up, man? Not much. I'm thinking about whether the time I was going to ask that guy about the moon, but I figured I didn't. I wouldn't. Oh, you want to talk about the moon? No, the other guy, the guy who just left. But anyway, go ahead. What is it? You mean like Stanley Kubrick and all that faking the moon landing? You know, I would have let that guy stay all night. Yeah, no, that was good. I was. I'm, I, that was great radio. It was great. Radio. That was great radio. Terrible for the Republican yeah. Party. He's the new co-host. <laughs> All they're going to do to prove the moon landing is take a satellite and get on there low and you'll see the landing sites. I don't know why we haven't done that. We, we came pretty close to the landing sites, but not enough where you can really see it. You just okay. see, like, dots of the landing sites. We were joking about the moon landing. We No, I don't I think Stanley Kubrick shot the moon landing. No, he did not. So but what did you think about two candidates? Who? The two candidates we just had on. What did you think of them? I didn't, I wasn't listening, I'm sorry. All right. So what do I think's going on in the planet right now? Uh, chaos. Sir. Can you be specific? Look, what's, what's chaotic? Do I really want to, do I really want to say the man's name? Uh, I don't know. You got to say it before I know. Voldemort. Donald J. Trump. Oh, all right. Oh. That, that's never a dull moment. I agree with you there. It's never a dull moment, whether it's a good moment or a bad moment. That depends on he who you are, but it's never dull. Himself, he gets himself in more trouble than, I don't know. I've just never seen the president get Dennis the Menace. Trouble. <laughs> so, look there's, look, there's no doubt about it. That his enemies are after him, but I, um, I think he could do things a little better um, to give his opportun- less opportunity to his opponents. You know, Nixon famously said, "I gave him the sword that they used to drive through me." Mm-hmm. Right, and um, yeah. that that is what I think about every time I see Trump do a different thing. And look, if um, depending on where you get your news from, and I hope it's a couple different sources. I hope it's here. There's a lo- I hope it's here as well, but you know I, I'm. I hope it's I, only here. I pay attention to Andrew um, McCarthy. No relation. Andrew McCarthy was a Justice Department, a lawyer, prosecutor, organized crime, terrorism, things like that, uh, in the Southern District of New York, the best, the biggest, most important federal courts. And uh, Andrew McCarthy wor- writes with the National Review. He's a longtime Republican. He was not a Donald Trump supporter. I find that his analysis of what's going on is very accurate, and. Um, as I said, he's a Republican and, and has been supportive of Donald Trump, although not slavishly so. Um, and um, I like um, Jonathan Turley as well. Hey, um, Sarah Palin just lost. Really? To a Democrat. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. So that's that stupid voting system they put into place. Yeah, or... or Ranked choice voting. Or nobody likes Sarah Palin anymore. In Alaska? She was governor for two years, she ran quit. for vice president, and quit right. to go have a celebrity career. Right. So I think that's I think that's perfectly perfectly reasonable, and I think it was just her and. But it wasn't ranked choice voting. It's when the ranked choice I, voting. I think was, it is when there's two people. There was two people on the ballot. I thought so. 
I think it is ranked choice voting. Oh, these they have ranked choice voting, but I think there's two people. I think there was only two people on the ballot. Well, well in that case, that's different. Oh, but, but but I believe it's ranked choice voting they're using in, in Alaska now. And to me, someone that would be like if Ted Kennedy lost in Massachusetts suddenly, you know. Because we changed no, no, the way I would we, not compare ch- Sarah Palin to Ted Kennedy at all. Well, the, no, the, that's, that's well, well. I'm not talking about accomplishment. False equivalency. Well, but what I'm saying is that if, if we change the way we count the votes in Massachusetts and a Republican beat Ted Kennedy, you might say there's something different now. Not that Ted Kennedy's lost popularity in Massachusetts, right? Sarah Palin did lose popularity in Alaska. I think a lot of people were but, mad that she just peaced out in the middle of her term as governor. I think the big difference is they changed the way they're counting the voting. That, to me, is probably the bigger factor. Now, I'm not saying they're doing something wrong because they l- legally changed the way they count voting. But for a Republican with Sarah Palin's stature to but, lose in Alaska, which is not even here, a mildly... Um, Democrat state. But here's the thing: there was actually three. There was three candidates on the ballot. There were there were two Republicans and one Democrat, right? So, so they split the vote. So they they split the yeah they split the vote. And you would think if ranked choice if it was ranked choice voting in, in Alaska was so uh, committed to Sarah Palin or or being a re, or, or having a Republican representative, then they would have had their first choice be Sarah Palin and second choice be the other Republican and third and then third choice be the Democrat. In which case, it would favor the Republican. So that means that either I don't know and we don't know the breakdown of who got the most first place votes. Right. We're very we're very seat of the pants right now. Yeah, I just got the um I just got I mean I just got the story, but again I I wouldn't I don't think Sarah Palin's stature in Alaska is all that great again because she I think ran a, as VP I think ran a fairly embarrassing campaign for vice president anyway, and then decided to just leave for no reason at all. She left to have a celebrity career. She didn't. It's not like she left to go run for vice president oh, or no, anything. Look, 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 she left to be a go, to, to to have like a cooking show. I'm just saying my my first reaction to this breaking news is that they also changed the way they count votes there, and um, you could be entirely correct, Marcus. But I would I would imagine that. The biggest factor was that they changed the way they count the votes. Um, and, and we'll see in the end uh, what happens. Um, I should ask my last guest. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Why should you download the... Evening, you're live. I'm taking a Donald the right of my Trump. You what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. So, um... So we maybe, report on Alaska as well as local stuff. So, Marcus, we broke some news early tonight that um, for the first time either of us remember, uh, a local Democrat candidate for state rep has received the endorsement of both the f- outgoing Republican governor and the potentially, on all likely, incoming Democrat governor. Yeah. So Maura Healy has endorsed Chris Markey. And you just heard Chris's ad here. Yes. yes. Yep. And um, so Chris Markey has received the endorsement of Democrat Maura Healey, um, who will be our next governor, as well as the outgoing governor, Republican Charlie Baker. And, and the most my, popular governor in the country. Right. Well, um, I have a pretty long memory, but I don't know of that ever happening. No, I haven't seen that happen before either. I think that's really it's it's really something. Again, I think it speaks to his um, I think his his ability to. Um, you know, make uh, compromises and be pragmatic as a legislator. Look, the reality of it is you have to work across party lines. Yeah. It's one of the reasons 
that I think Biden got a lot of his votes was he made that appeal. And I don't know if that's worked out for him. but Yeah, because he used to brag about working with um, segregationists. He worked with, with really bad Democrats. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, our friend Scott Parcheesi Lang. Parcheesi with Bull Connor. So our friend Scott <laughs> Lang, who's coming in uh, in, uh, in the next hour, uh, he worked as a staffer in the Senate. He was there with some of those old segregationists. Um, yeah. You know, when they, I mean, they were, you know, when the South still had Democrats being elected. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, like Eastland and some of these real. Eastland was the one that uh, Biden was bragging about working with. Hey, we did get a message from uh, from Lindsay from Fairhaven, who I know is a Republican voter in the primary. Okay. I think Jesse Brown is the stronger candidate and has a better plan to represent us in Congress. You think? <laughs> no, I thought Jesse Brown. Is a very nice guy. We, we talked to him off the air. Um, he, he's, he's a very accomplished guy. Um, Tommy Hodgson seems to like him. Um, and, um, oh, well, if Tommy Hodgson likes him. And the Republican oh, primary, that's Tommy everything. Tommy Hodgson yeah, likes him. That'll be everything. Oh, that's better than Obama. Know. It's better than Obama. America's sheriff. So we'll, um, we'll see how that all works out. But um, it's going to be a tough race against Keating. It's going to be a tough race. But first, they got to get the nomination. Hey, speaking of... Um Republicans, uh, if we have to. Uh, but, uh, no, we had Plymouth DA Tim Cruz in, I thought was a really good interview on Monday. Yes, that was very good. And I have a column up uh, about that interview on WBSM.com. It's got the audio in it as well. I think I highlighted some of the high points. And he basically talks about how, you know, his his line, which I really liked, is we're not your grandfather's DA's office, which right. I thought was really good. Yep. He talked about the work that they've done outside of the courthouse. Uh, and so... Uh, and he also talked about, um, you know, his his um, aversion to the more progressive prosecutorial philosophies. Right. And uh, I thought it was a really good interview. That's up on WBSM.com. Excellent. And you had the interview with his, with his Democrat opponent, Rasan Hall, and I'll, I'll have a column on that tomorrow. Rasan Hall, I thought, was very impressive. Uh, sonorous uh, voice, really strong voice. Okay. And, um, you know, he's obviously got a great resume. He worked in the DA's office in Suffolk County for eight years. Uh, he's was an ACLU attorney, um, you know, and he did the Know Your District Attorney's campaign uh, where he sent FOIA requests out to, to every DA's office to get, um, you know, some records on them. He talks about that in the interview. I'll have a call about that tomorrow, but if you want to listen to that interview, maybe later tonight after this show, you can. Anywhere where podcasts are offered, that, that's up there. And uh, again, I thought he was, he's, he's a strong candidate. The, um, you know, that, that district has, Plymouth County used to be, Really solid Republican, mm-hmm. and um, Tim Cruz been there a couple terms, but twenty there is an years. opportunity for a Democrat in that race. There certainly is. I mean, uh, you know, we talked about how Vinny DiMacito was the senator there for a long time, Republican. Right. Then when he left, uh, Sue Moran won uh, the uh, open seat special election for that seat. She's been there uh, ever since. I think she's running against she's running against somebody now who's uh, and. Uh, from I think Bourne, who's an absolute clown uh, and a nightmare. So, uh, so I got a call from a friend of mine who's, who's in the media. Who's in the media yeah. down there, right? Yeah. Asking me if I wanted some information and this, that, and the other thing. And maybe when the general election comes up, we will because because it's entertaining. I like I don't, but I don't like my politics with a. Um, I shouldn't say this because I do actually. I like my politics with a little bit of Jerry Springer, mm-hmm. and I think that's what that could offer us. Oh yeah, no, that's good. Right? It's it's really good. And I like um, I, I've had Sue Moran on my old show to talk about some of her legislation. I, I think she's I think she's doing a fine job. So my question always becomes this, Marcus, right? Is that we're open to letting not anybody on, but just about anybody, right? If you're running for office, we'll let you on. But if you're on the ballot, right? I re- yeah, exactly. If you're on, if you're on the, the ballot, ballot, right? Which is not much of a standard. If you are on the ballot. If you're not, beat it, right? So yeah. um, the um, but I'm always 
torn because 